0: You're listening to So You Want to Be a Writer, the podcast about the world of writing and publishing. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm your co-host and CEO of the Australian Writer Centre, where you'll find courses and a wonderfully supportive writing community. I usually co-host this podcast with Alison Tate, also known as A.L. Tate, but this is a special in-between episode. So while Alison's busy doing her authory things, I'm treating you to a story session. Just you Me and our guest author of the week. Our regular episode, where Alison and I talk about the wonderful world of writing, will be released as usual. In the meantime, here's writing and reading goodness with this story session. Here you'll hear the first chapter of a book that we recommend, usually read by the author. Listening to the first chapter lets you sample something new while you're at the gym or folding the laundry, and we all love to discover new novels, but sometimes it can be overwhelming to look at everything on offer at your local bookshop or your library, so we're bringing the bookshop straight to your ears, and you can make the decision after that, after you've heard the first chapter. This week, I've chosen Widow's Island by L.A. Larkin. This is the latest from best-selling author and queen of suspense, L.A. Larkin. L.A. Larkin, also known as Louisa Larkin, is a presenter at the Australian Writers' Centre and I'm so thrilled she has another thriller for us to devour. Once again, Louisa has crafted a nail-biting tale. She's just so good at it. She's taking on cyberbullying and climate science as well as her trademark twists and turns and murder and intrigue. Here's the blurb. Stephanie Miller is an average working mom. She isn't perfect, but when her war hero husband dies and her work as a scientist puts her in news headlines, her past laid bare for all to see, she's determined to make a new life for herself and teenage daughter, Amy. But she fears it's only a matter of time before the biggest mistake of her life is revealed. As Stephanie and Amy take refuge on a remote island in Washington, it feels like they're learning how to live again. But then they come home to graffiti on their garage door. There's no escaping the hate online and Stephanie is sure someone is watching from the shadows outside their house. When someone close to Stephanie is murdered in cold blood, she knows her worst fears have come true. Someone knows the truth and she must become the fighter her husband always knew her to be if she is to protect her daughter and everything left in the world that she loves. Okay, so before she reads from her novel, you'll hear Louisa, L.A. Larkin, answer some questions about how the book came to be written and what advice she would give to other aspiring writers. So here is L.A. Larkin reading from her thrilling new novel, Widow's Island. Hi,
1: I'm L.A. Larkin, and I'm the author of crime thriller Widow's Island. Valerie has asked me to record the answers to some questions before I narrate the first chapter of the book. So, here goes. Question number one. What inspired you to write this story? Okay, so I've always wanted to set a crime thriller on a remote island. I think islands are a brilliant place if you're going to have a lot of tension, a lot of suspense, a lot of threat. An island is great because it can seem so beautiful and so tranquil until something goes wrong. Um, And in Widow's Island, I have my central character, Stephanie Miller, move all the way from North Carolina to a remote island in Washington State. um, That's off Seattle. And she's moving there for a reason. Uh, She's running away from a guilty secret. She arrives at this remote island with her daughter and things start going scarily wrong. And later on in the book, and I won't be giving too much away, all I'll say is that threat escalates and islands aren't the tranquil, wonderful, safe places that they seem to be. How did I choose the island? Well, there is an island that I spent some glorious summers um, called Vashon Island in Washington State. And uh, believe me, it is fantastic. It's tranquil, beautiful remote beaches, forest, um, idyllic. But yet again, you know, there is, some, there is some eerie aspects to it and that's what I've dialed up in the book. Um, so I found my location pretty easily. The actual inspiration for the theme of the book came from a hashtag, and that hashtag shocked me to the core when I actually saw it trending. It was trending on Twitter in December two thousand and sixteen and uh through early two thousand seventeen and The first thing that stunned me about it was the brutality of it, but also... Twitter hadn't shut it down. And therein lies the question, why would a social media like Twitter not shut down something so dreadful? And I'll tell you what that hashtag is. That hashtag is beating women is happiness. Yes that was trending uh end of 2016 2017 and it was being used by wife beaters and uh men who think it is the right thing to do to beat their women if they try and do anything other than they want the men want them to do um and it trended uh, uh this trending happened because a Mexican senator was deliberately run over. She was knocked off her moped in Mexico uh, one day by a group of men who then got deliberately did it. They got out of their car and then they beat her very, very badly. And there are some horrific images of what you know her, her beaten up face and body. Um, and they presumably nobody knows exactly, but they did it because they didn't like the fact that a woman was a senator. Now that. It was it was also then a um a hashtag that trolls, cyber trolls then pounced on because it was about causing pain and anger and upset in a whole group of people, i.e. women. And they seized it and they went with it all across social media. They were using it to rile people. And that began to create an idea for a book for me. Um, you know, the the horrific thoughts that um, cyber trolls can seize on these things and they can use them to inflict pain and misery on people. So that's what inspired me to write the story. The next question, question number two, can you describe your writing process? Okay, well, once I have an idea for the story, I then focus on characters. Now, a lot of people think that crime fiction, because it's very plot driven, you know, we like our plot twists and, you know, our cliffhangers and all the mysteries and intrigue of it all. But without characters that people really engage with, particularly the central character, if you don't engage with that central character. Why should you follow the, the, you know the story? Why should you care about what happens to them? So I spend a lot of time uh, developing my central characters based on the question, which is, who is the best person to tell this particular story? So I find a central character that is the best person to tell the particular story. So for Widow's Island, the best person to to tell this particular story is Stephanie Miller. Um, She is a scientist, and she is shy. She is vulnerable. She is easily manipulated. She is, however, highly intelligent, highly respected in her field, and it is that field that she works in which is going to be one of the reasons why cyber trolls beset her. Um, But Stephanie is a character that I hope people will empathize with and fear for. She's moved to a remote island with her teenage daughter. Her teenage daughter who is very angry. She didn't want to move. She has – Stephanie's just a few months ago lost her husband, who is a war hero. So they are very much alone. They know one person on this island. Um And then they start finding that horrible things are beginning to happen. And uh, so I'm hoping that with this book we have very much set up a situation for Stephanie and her daughter that people will really care about what happens to them um, and will want Stephanie to be able to do what she needs to do uh, to survive the story of Widow's Island. After I've done character, of course, um, I then very much delve into structure. I always work very hard on the structure of the book to make sure that I have all the right, you know that had the inciting incident where it should be, have the right structure in terms of narrative tension, you know, um, make sure there are compl- there's complication after complication, after complication and so on. And then I move on to plot. And I plot in quite some detail, particularly now with my publisher, Bookature. Bookature likes their authors to to plot well in advance and for the publisher to work with you on that plot so that both the publisher and the author Knows where they're going, but with a degree of flexibility, and I actually really enjoy that. I find it's very helpful. Um, so yes, that process really works for me, and and certainly worked for Widows Island. So number quote the question number three. What was the most challenging aspect of writing this book? I would say the most challenging aspect of writing Widow's Island was creating the voice of a serial killer. Why would that be any more difficult than the creating the voice of any other character? Because when when you're delving into the pretty horrific mind of somebody who is prepared to repeatedly kill somebody and in a pretty brutal way, And you want to make them sound real. You don't want them sounding ridiculous, melodramatic, um, childish, perhaps. There are all sorts of pitfalls when of creating characters like this. And I had to work long and hard on that point of view. So when I was writing The Point of View of Serial Killer, which only appears a few times, Um, I had to work very hard on it, and I wanted it very much to be very individual, to reflect this particular serial killer and what motivates them and why they do what they do and why they react the way they do. Uh, So I hope I have achieved that, Uh, but that certainly was something I spent a lot of time and effort on. Um, Yeah. Okay, question number four. What was the most rewarding Aspect of writing this book. Hmm. Well, I always enjoy writing my books. In fact, it's actually the writing process that I like the most. I really do. I I really just like it. And when actually it's finished, I feel this sort of profound sense of loss. But I would say that probably for me in my career, to have some a great author, a great American author like Lee Child read Widow's Island. And then send me an email and saying, I absolutely loved it. You know, to get an email from Lee Child is is a big deal. And for him to actually, you know, to bother to email me and say, I absolutely loved it. You um, you, You know, I'd like to say this, that and the other. And he basically said that it was fast and immersive. It was a really fine thriller. And that meant the world to me. Number five, what are your top three tips for aspiring writers? First one, keep writing. Finish the manuscript. I think this is probably the biggest pitfall that people have great ideas, great characters, they get into it initially, and then something happens, life gets in the way, or they lose confidence. Various reasons why people don't complete the manuscript, and it's such a shame because that is the big thing. You've got to just write it and make it the best that you possibly can make it. Number two, so tip number two would be understand your genre. So, for instance, crime thrillers. um, There are particular expectations that readers have who read crime thrillers, and I think it's really important to be aware of what those are. Be aware of what seems to work in the genre, what seems to be less popular in the genre. At least know that. And then if you choose to deviate from that road, you do it knowingly um, and with confidence. My third tip would be to create characters that readers will very much care about and they'll want to follow on the roller coaster ride of your story um, right the way through to the very end of the book. So that would be my tip number three. Question number six, the last question before I read an extract from Widow's Island. So question number six, what kind of specific research into criminal activities did you have to do for this particular book? Right. Well, So the cyber trolling plays an important part, but um, it's actually the characters, the the trolls themselves, which um, I hope readers find, well, abhorrent, but also um, intriguing. Um, There's also a special agent character, an FBI special agent character called T.J. Sampson, who plays a very important supporting role to Stephanie Miller, who is the central character. And I'd done um, some plenty of research on cyber trolling, Um, you know, uh, lots of articles out there, um, interviews, even videos with cyber trolls, journalists who have been attacked by cyber trolls and so on. Um, What I was interested in was a connection which had been recently – uh, put into an article that potentially cyber trolls might also come out from behind their computers to kill their victims, not just torment them online. I wanted to try and talk to an expert on that possible connection because it was a twist in the story that I was interested in exploring. So I was, this, this happened before COVID lockdown Happened and um, I was in America. I was in America for Thriller Fest, which is the world's biggest thriller writers' festival in New York. And then I flew to Seattle to meet a special agent um, in the FBI in Seattle. And I wanted to talk to her um, about her role, her job, her life, so I could create a convincing. FBI special agent character and not the kind of FBI character that often appears in TV series, cop shows, you know, um, where it's all very dramatic and all very exciting but probably doesn't reflect uh, their role very much at all. So I was very lucky to have a coffee, sit down and have a coffee with um, this special agent um and one of the first things that she had made clear was that uh she would not be acknowledged or credited, her name would never been used. Um there are all sorts of aspects that they have where they have to protect um their safety and also the safety of course of their family. Um she was amazing the way she talked very frankly about her life in the FBI. Um and we did talk a bit about serial killers and cyber trolling. And one of the things we did discuss was something called the Dark Tetrad. Um, and the Dark Tetrad is the, uh, the four personality traits of a serial killer. Um, these are well recognized. They are sadism, narcissism, Machiavellianism, and psychopathy. But what what I wanted to explore was whether or not Cybertrolls had a similar the four similar character traits and It seems that the early indications are that that is the case with the very hardcore trolls. And there have been some instances where cyber trolls have come out from behind the computer, um, no longer satisfied with um, causing pain to people online, and they want to take it one step further. So there you go. That's some of the research that I did for Widow's Island. I hope I haven't given too much away. Um, and now what I'm going to do is I'm going to read an extract from my new novel and I'm going to take it from the prologue, which is set in June, June the 22nd, 2007, and it's leaving Whisper Island in Washington. Um, and this is inside the head of the killer. Emma asks me how I'm doing. I shrug, gaze into the distance with weary eyes. Give her the lie that slips off my tongue like ice cream on a hot day. Good. I got a new job. Big money. Congratulations. Emma blinks. One, two, three. More like a flutter. Her freckled face creased, squinting into the sunshine she's waited until this moment to ask three weeks after her wedding as we stand on the ferry's upper deck watching seattle lurch closer the wind slaps her wavy hair across one eye and she claws at the billowing strands then tugs them behind a perfect ear i hang my head Feel my shirt collar vibrate against my cheek. Mouth droops. My hurt look. One from my repertoire of imitations. You should have waited. Beneath our viewing platform, parked vehicles squat, penned in like cattle corralled for slaughter. Beyond the bottle green bough, white water churns angry and loud, like the voice in my head. I'm not getting what I want. Both Emma's hands grip the railing. They don't grip me. Why do you do this? A note of sharpness in her voice. There never was anyone but Dustin. She squeezes her lips together, stopping anything else she might have said. We're still friends. Just because I'm married doesn't mean... It doesn't matter. I don't care anymore. Emma turns, so her back rests against the rail. Hair crowds her face. All I see is the tip of her nose. Don't spoil a great morning, she says. You haven't seen our new condo. Come take a look. We'll drink coffee and talk. It'll be like old times. It's as if her voice comes from the bottom of the sea. I don't see her. I don't see anything. Blindly, I raise a ball fist and slam it down. It hits the rail. She flinches. No, it won't, I yell. It will never be the same. Until then, I'd been in control. Heads turn. People stare. What are you looking at? I sneer at a middle-aged woman in Jesus' sandals, a metal water bottle dangling from her day pack. She looks away, then heads inside, creating what she must view as a safe distance between us. There is no safe distance. Emma's lips are parted, her pale brows raised. She takes a subtle step away from me. Gone is the camaraderie. Instead, there's fear in the black holes of her eyes. Oh, Em, I'm sorry. It sounds like a great idea. But she's raised a wall between us. Oh, no, you don't. I create puppy dog eyes. Please. Emma relents. She always relents. Except over Dustin. I need the bathroom, I say. Won't be long. I duck inside so she can't see my unguarded euphoria, like I smoke strong weed and my cheek muscles ache to laugh. Past the cafeteria and down internal stairs to the near-deserted car deck, where I won't be seen. Behind an empty bus, I stop, lean my elbows on the ferry's rail, allow the sea spray to cool my skin. Only now do I acknowledge the pain in my hand. For a while, when we were teenagers, Emma was the closest I had to a friend, then one day she stepped out of our relationship as if fleeing my leaky inflatable boat and jumping into a sleek yacht and set sail for calmer waters. That sleek yacht is Dustin. He isn't a freak. He remembers to get his hair Gelled, and he remembers to gel his hair and brush his teeth and to ask her how she feels. From my pocket, I pull out my scuffed leather wallet with an unsightly bulge like a giant wart. I check that nobody can see, then slide my finger inside, remove the bulge. In my palm is a yellowed tooth, a premolar to be exact, root and all straggly threads of dried gum like prosciutto that's way past its expiry date it had been an afterthought a memento I'm glad I kept it I run the tip of my tongue over its ridges and dents then trace the v-shaped root licking the taste of her she's mine now and so will Emma be
0: Oh, getting inside the head of a cereal. Killer. That is creepy. I couldn't put the book down. Louisa has done an incredible job building tension and claustrophobia. As she said in her intro, an island is not always the safe haven it seems to be. And this one is definitely terrifying. And how amazing that she received an email from Lee Child saying he loved the book. Of course, I'm not surprised since Louisa is a captivating writer and she's a very popular presenter at the Australian Writers' Centre. To read this gripping thriller for yourself, grab a copy of Widow's Island by L.A. Larkin now. It's published by Bookature and is available in bookstores across Australia and online. It was interesting to hear Louisa talk about how she carefully structures her books, which is absolutely essential for the crime genre, I reckon. As she said, you have to know the conventions of your genre, especially for crime novels. And, of course, Louisa teaches our course Crime and Thriller Writing at the Australian Writer Centre. Check it out at writercentre.com.au slash crime. One of our previous graduates of Crime and Thriller Writing with Louisa is Shankari Chandran, who has gone on to publishing success with her novel The Barrier. That was her debut novel and she has written other novels since then as well. Let's have a listen to Shankari.
2: When I first decided to do a course at the AWC, I had been writing for a few years. I had taken time out of my career as a lawyer to have our fourth child, and life was chaotic but I had always wanted to write and so I thought I would give it a go in between baby feeds and school runs and so on. I have just published The Barrier with Pan Macmillan Australia and I'm loving it. For many years being published felt like an impossible dream, like something that happened to other people. When I heard that I was going to be published, I was at Officeworks because I find buying stationery really therapeutic and I put down my stationery and cried. The AWC's course has had a huge impact on my writing. It's changed my understanding of the thriller genre and my approach to writing it. Because of the clarity the course gave me, I feel far more confident doing it. I feel incredibly fortunate that my books have been published now. I love writing. It's energizing and meditative for me. I feel really committed to the stories I'm telling and I hope to keep doing it. Look, I would absolutely recommend the courses at the AWC um, to friends, aspiring authors, anyone. I would say do a course, do lots of courses, and do them earlier rather than later on your writing path. It's worth it.
0: To find out more, go to writercentercomau slash crime. Thanks for listening to Story Sessions of So You Want to Be a Writer. You'll find more details about the podcast and a wealth of writing resources and courses at writerscentre.com.au. This podcast is brought to you by the Australian Writer Centre. Do connect with us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at WriterCentreau. And, of course, connect with us personally in our free podcast listener community on Facebook. Just search for So You Want to Be a Writer podcast community and request to join. Alice and I will be back to our regular programming in the next episode. Thanks for listening and I look forward to chatting to you again next time.